Hello, loves. I just finished recording the interview you are about to listen to with Gary Norian. Gary Norian is the piano player at my church, Unity Church of Houston. And back in 2007, he released an album called Be Revealed. And if you look for the album on Spotify, it's going to come up under the name Ken Gale. That is the um, performer on the album, the singer on the album. And um, Gary Norian wrote almost all of the songs on the album. And so I, for years, have wanted to pick his brain about this album because it has created so many meaningful moments in my life. Um, just some of the different songs and the times that they've come up either, you know, at church when I've gone or just when I've listened to the album. I've had profound moments of expansion, of feeling understood, of release, just very, just some meaningful moments. And um, yeah, it's just, it was just an honor to, to get to finally pick his brain. And I really encourage you all to listen to the album. We're going to link to it in the show notes um, on Spotify and probably on Amazon. And there, there are some really, really beautiful, fun, full of wisdom pieces of music on there. And I, I hope that if you get half as much out of that album as I have gotten, it will be well worth your time. So enjoy my interview with Gary Norian. All right. So I'm officially starting our interview now. And one of the reasons I'm so excited and nervous to talk to you is Years ago, I started this podcast, and the first year that I did it, I didn't even do interviews. But when I started the podcast, I was like, someday I might do interviews, and I really want to interview Gary Norian. Like, you were literally the first person that came to mind that I wanted oh, to talk goodness. to. <laughs> so this has been a bucket list thing, and now we're here and we're doing it. Excellent. Sounds great. Yeah. And so um, I know very little about you. So would you just introduce yourself to to me and to the podcast, like, who are you, what do you do, and yeah. Okay, well, today I am, uh, <laughs> I am husband and parent, so I have uh, been married for, uh, it'll be 25 years coming up on October 31st of this year. Wow. Yes, and I have a 17-year-old daughter who's graduating high school this year, so we're in the midst of the... Uh, uh, college process so that's where i am in my life uh in terms of those uh items uh, uh i've been a pianist musician for as long as i can remember so I, I i currently most of what i do is teach right now so i have uh, a, a large stable of uh, private students and i've been doing that for probably about 22 23 years and um i also uh just took a uh, adjunct faculty position at UH, uh, teaching uh, jazz piano there. Uh, I obviously play piano and uh, do musical duties at Unity Church. I've been doing that since roughly 1999, 2000, when I moved to Houston. Uh, and then, um, you know, so the background before that, I lived in Chicago. I came down here in 2000, uh, summer 99, 2000 with, uh, with my wife, met up in Chicago. Uh, while I was there, I was, uh, playing in the jazz scene. I wrote music for jingles for TV and radio. So a little bit of what we'd call the, the jingle scene or the jazz, uh, studio music scene up there. Um, 
And prior to that, I had done my, you know, so my wild oats playing in bands and touring and things like that, but all to bring us up to uh, uh, where I am today, primarily teaching, uh, occasionally a private uh, performance, but mostly it's uh, teaching and uh, the, the unity work. Well, talk to me about your relationship with spirituality. Okay, so that, <laughs> <laughs> small topic. Um, yeah, I would say that 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 I think I had had an inkling. Uh, uh, you know, I grew up in a, a, a kind of a I would say conservative, reformed Judaism uh, uh, Jewish household. So you know, we 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 partook of the the traditions and, and all that, and a lot, a lot of that was more family uh, centered. You know, we we'd spend holidays with with family members, and we'd go to uh, synagogue for the the high holidays. I did have a bar mitzvah. So, but I think at that age, uh, it was more, it wasn't much of a connection as opposed to the cultural connection going through the, 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 the rituals and, and uh, uh, you know, moments in, in, in your life when, when that would come into play. But it was, wasn't until, um, uh, I would say late high school, early college, where I started thinking that maybe that wasn't not the complete answer. Not, not that it couldn't have been if I had pursued it uh, in, in Judaism, but as it was presented to me, um, there was like a, a ceiling on, on, on the depth and it seemed more doing these rituals. So that led me to, you know, uh, I would say in my early 20s, uh, just looking to, to see beyond what, what I had learned, was there something else? And, and in that process, I was exposed to, um, you know, Eastern philosophy, so Buddhism, um, and then a little bit of a mix with, uh, you know, uh, contemporary physics and how those things, you know, in, in so much as I was able to understand that. But I did read a lot of books that kind of covered those two angles. Um, and then when I moved to Chicago after uh, uh, being on the road, I um, uh, had a friend who was, uh, uh, I was at his house, and on his piano, there was a book by a Buddhist monk that seemed very interesting. So I went out and bought that book, and that led me into uh, a real deep search. And under, uh, you know, I was definitely searching for why these things had become popular throughout the centuries. And in my search uh, through, through that, I also uh, uh, was in the bookstore looking for Buddhist books. And then right next door to that section was uh, a number of books on, on Christ. I was like, you know what? When I was growing up, it was kind of, you never really talked about it. You know, you yeah. did not talk about Jesus. And I was like, well, it used to be kind of a common thing that people would talk about. So on my own, I did some research into that uh, uh, and a number of books. So it was just a lot of reading and intaking information. And, and, uh, and through that, I was able to kind of see how uh, at the core of these uh, world religions, there was a, a connection that was beneath the, the uh, dogma and rhetoric and, and even even just words themselves. Uh, and so from there, that just kind of like took, took its own path uh, towards uh, a, a, the non-dual aspect of all those religions. And I think that's where I kind of settled. I, I felt like I, I, I'm not this seeker anymore, but that it, it's, those things kind of make sense. And it gives me a way to, uh, through that understanding, look at the world 
and, and relationships and things that happened to me and for me and from me to it, it's a it's a uh, an understanding that allows me to kind of process the world so that's yeah. if that makes sense not necessarily linear it, no well nothing ever is <laughs> yes um i'm i'm curious what i know most about you is the music that gets played at unity church mm -hmm. some of which you wrote and so for me i my brain has you associated with music and spirituality being very intertwined so i'm curious if how much of that resonates for you is it intertwined some of the time how long has it been is it not a thing well i would say that it's always intertwined no matter what I did not consider that it was intertwined until, you know, later in life. Um, and it might have been into my 30s or so when I was kind of starting to settle into uh, how, how things were for me, spiritually speaking. So prior to that, I think, uh, you know, and I, and I teach, so I, I, I know that there's a... Um, especially in, in not just learning music to read, but I teach jazz and creative music. So there's this, there's this seeking of knowledge for music and vocabulary and be mm -hmm. able to do this and do that and play this and understand this in theory. And it's, it's a, an accumulation of, of information. Um, and then you're trying to execute it and apply it. so You can show what you've learned. And there's a, there's an underlying spiritual aspect to that anyway, but usually at that moment, you're not thinking about that. You're just, can I play this? Can I learn this? Can I show, you know, uh, can I put, put a song together? And there's, there's, you know, um, parts that go together and there's tools that go into it. So it's, it, it's, it is very, uh, up here. Um, mm -hmm. and, and of course up here is here, but only if you recognize it, but for that moment, and it, it is, it's a, it's a pursuit. Um, so I think that's, that it was all, it had always been like that. Um, so, uh, as the spiritual uh, side of it kind of start aligned for me, I started to realize that it, it wasn't my brain that was generating these ideas because mm. there's nothing there. Got to come from somewhere. Okay. So it's like, oh, right. these ideas are coming to me. And I noticed that the harder I tried, the less creative I was. And I would notice that in, in jazz performances where, where it's, it's, it's on the spot and you're having to be creative. Uh, but the more I was thinking about it, and this is like everybody knows, everybody in jazz knows this. Like the harder you try, now you have to have the theory, you have to have your 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 knowledge base. But the harder you're you're thinking about it, the less you are available to actually be creative and let your knowledge and uh, muscle memory flow through you to become art at the moment. So I became became recognized. I started to recognize that, and it took it was easily 15, 20 years before I over and over again. I was like. Why is it that when I think about it, it sucks? And then when I'm like not thinking about it, it's great. It's like, it was, just, it was like, it was a surprise when it was great, even, you know, in writing or anything. So that was that, that idea kind of crystallized to me that, that there's something operating that is, it's through me. And obviously you have to have the knowledge and, and uh, the, the information to, to process what's coming through you. Uh, but there's a, a fine line and a balance to being open to what's coming in, whether you're writing or you're spontaneously playing uh, in, in, a, in a group or by yourself, 
where the minute you try to force it, you lose contact with what's coming through you. So it's a tightrope. It's a little bit of, 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 of back and yeah. forth. So to me, it was just recognition of that. And then, you know, uh, working at, at, at Unity, um, uh, the challenge was I decided that it would be, I wanted to write some songs that encapsulated those teachings. So mm -hmm. the, the writing process itself, you know, again, if you're putting puzzle pieces together and you're, but, but the ideas that kept coming, I was like, oh, it's, it's coming. And, and there's a natural kind of feeling to that. So I want to affirm something that you said, and then I want to dig into the writing. Okay. So just yesterday, I had a mediumship reading. And when I wasn't trying, it was just minutes before the mediumship reading, I was getting all this insight into the experience that my client was having before I'd even talked to them, because I just wasn't trying. I was like doing my dishes, preparing yeah. for the reading. Yeah. And the reading starts, and I try to connect, and it's like crickets. And then finally, like we work our way, it's fine, you know, but then later something came up and I was like, oh my gosh, all those things that came through while I was just doing the dishes, I sort of thought because they came so easily to me that I was just making it up and I was like projecting what was going to happen in this reading. Yeah. But no, sure enough, it was just spirit was like, oh, you're ready. Like, let's, let's go. Yes. Yeah. So it's the same in my work as it is, you know, it's just fascinating. Yeah. So the revealed album and I'm you have other songs than what's on the revealed album that's just not on a CD or are those all the songs that you've written? No, I would say well, I mean I, I write in a lot of different styles, so but but and I'm not and I Yeah. I'm not a a, a very prolific songwriter. So so if I'm sitting down to write okay. a song, I mean I have I've I put a lot of pressure on myself. Like it's gotta yeah. be a masterpiece. So I'm not like I've I've friends and students who just are so prolific they write so many songs they're just great with words and, and so for me it's right. it's it's more of a labor to to, to turn the idea into a full-blown song and have yeah. a message and so uh, those those were that was a group and then after that i would say maybe there's another 15 20 that came out of it that ne were never recorded that we will we'll do at unity but that's that that core yeah. group was the that was the I, I i had a number of points i wanted to cover yeah. And those were them. <laughs> so this album, for those that are listening to the podcast, this came, the album came out in 2007, but some of the songs were probably performed at Unity leading up to that. I have a vivid, I have two vivid memories of, um, I want to look at my notes, make sure I, you have a song, I think it's the first song on the album called When Your Love Shines Through Me. The first time I heard it, I remember thinking, this is everything. Like, this is, yes, like, this is so true. Like, I, I was like, how have I not heard this before? And then the second time I heard it, my first thought was, I wish I had written this. Like, <laughs> it's just so good. I wish I had written it. And before I could even, like, finish that thought, it just that song can if you're open and you're ready for it or at least for me it shifts me into a state of bliss a specific i don't want to call it bliss because i'm very it's grounded it's but it's this embodied bliss of remembering 
the experience that we ha that we can have while we're here. It's so powerful in such a joyous way. You know, like there's there's other songs and even on this album that are powerful in a way that they are healing and that they're cathartic. Mm -hmm. But that song, I just wish I had written it. I can't think of a better way to describe what it means to be a human, have like a divine being having a human experience. Right, right. That we forget about our like the whole just. And then you have this whole other album of good songs. Like, it's just, it's wild to ah, me. Well, thank you. So, I mean, I literally, I have notes on like half the songs on here of the memories that I have <laughs> of hearing them and sitting and getting up and dancing and just, there's, I don't know if it's you being the, the puzzle pieces and letting them come in, or if it is like, I don't know what your creative process is, but it, it works. Well, thank you. That's it so just nice. works. Well, I'll yeah. tell you that also when I hear a song I like that I didn't write, that's my first thought. I wish I wrote that. Yeah. <laughs> I, <laughs> I wish might I didn't write that. that. Right. Yeah. Like, oh, what a great, yeah. So that's that's usually my benchmark for, for songs that I like as well. So yeah. the whole, the, the reason I wanted to do that, that recording, um, write those songs, I think it was at a time when, um, Howard Caesar, who was the minister at the time, was was starting to talk a lot about, I mean, in, in, in his own journey, he had gotten into the kind of the, the non-dual, and he never qualified it as non-dual, but he used the word oneness. And the the, the direction of his, his uh, lessons were going in that direction. Well, the direction was going toward that, that, that concept and that idea. And, you know, articulating in so many different ways, this is just, you know, it's like you're trying to describe something that is beyond words. So there's always that, that, that leap yeah. you have to make. And then, and then that was aligning with the, the things that I was discovering and, and learning and working on in my own world. So, and we had this, you know, great set of singers and, and, and Ken was just coming on board. The music in the New Thought world, this is, I don't mean to disparage the music in the New Thought world, but if you compare the, the, the emotional impact that music in like contemporary Christian or gospel, mm -hmm. where you can say things that don't necessarily align with, with unity principles or just words, you know, uh, blood and the cross. And like there's, there's an emotional impact with that music that is right. very powerful for those who are listening. Okay, so with Unity, the music had, right. it, it tended to be borrowed from pop music that kind of got close to a message or Christian uh -huh. contemporary music that we changed some lyrics. And, and it was just, there was never uh, an impact that I felt could be there. So I had a, right. I mean, a challenge to myself was, is there a way to say these things, which are deep principles? It's not just like, you know, I believe. Well, that's, you could say that but it doesn't, does it take you anywhere? Okay. Maybe with a great groove and a great beat and, you know, powerful chords, <laughs> it's going to feel like something, but does it really go anywhere? So, so my challenge was, is there a way to take these ideas and have put them into a, 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 a format that would have a, a rise and a fall and a, a, a trajectory of emotional in the same way that any good song would have. So that was my challenge to myself um, and to take these principles the ideas 
and, and to me, every song, the way I, I, I thought of it, and I guess it's kind of, it, it, I think any, any good song has to start with just a simple idea. So the idea for me was I had a, re a revelation or realization about something like, boom, okay, I understand this thing now, or this is, this is, it's taken hold in my life. And then turn that tiny little idea into a beginning and a middle and an end and a chorus that can be repeated that, 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 uh, you know, the chorus, when the chorus comes up, it, it, it impacts what happened in the verse. And then there's a second verse and then the next chorus impacts and reveals what happened in the previous and then this other section. So it, they all start with, with a, a realization and then making it uh, sort of blossom into what would be a song that had a beginning and a middle and an end and hopefully an emotional impact uh, to the listener which would be me first because I was the one. So I had, and I, I uh, you know, uh, as a writer, uh, you know, my, my filter is high. If it's cheesy, is it, is it, is I'm, am I getting closer that you really nail it? So a lot of filtering, I have, a, I still have the book of lyrics and it would be like page one. Now it's page two coming together, page three, everything crossed out page, you know, and we usually take <laughs> six to eight pages before it turned into this thing where it's just like no erasing, no marks. And then I knew that the, the lyrics were in place. And, and, and so it was always out of a, a small core idea blown out into uh, uh, what would turn into the song itself. So I, th I think you've kind of already answered this question, but I, I wanna ask it more explicitly. So when, when you're writing these songs, who are you writing for? And like, did you always have an album in mind or were you just like starting to write songs because you saw that there was a need? Um, I, I, I did, I, it was both. I wanted to write individual songs that would be a collection. So that was kind of like, you know, the timing of, um, um, you know, uh, meeting Ken, Ken, Ken coming uh, on board church. Um, and I had a friend who was, I was working with already in, in the recording studio and, and it just kind of things started to align. So I, I kind of, it all came together. The idea was, Hey, I'm going to write a number of songs to cover these varying, you know, and I didn't know, I didn't make a list of, of topics. I just knew that at some point right. I'd kind of be finished. Um, yeah. Meaning my goal is to, I want to say everything I have to say about this uh, and not leave, you know, at least in, in, personally and not leave anything unsaid. Um, without too much overlap or redundancy and not without leaving anything out that might be like, oh, that's a big thing you just left out, Gary. So you should, so it just kind of seemed right. like it was going to be over at certain points. So I just kept writing until uh, that also fills about 70 minutes, you know, of a CD. So there's a little bit of yeah. that. Uh, so um, in terms of who, who I was writing for, it, it was, I, I was trying to write at the same time for me as if I was writing to myself, but also that so that the subject could be that when you say I or me or you, it's not the personal I or me or you. Okay. I was in the closest it got to, um, I think when you say you and you're speaking of uh, uh, God or spirit, you know, and even that's like, because then it's 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 no longer non-dual because you're assigning pronoun or a name to something else. Okay, so right. but for the sake of art and and 
you know, but then that could also be like someone could sit and listen to that who is not tuned into oneness or anything and think that could be my dad or that could be God or that could be, you know, or like the song, let me, I had, I, I remember that one. I wanted that to be sung as if it was sung from spirit or from God, but it could be a mother to a child. Mm. So, so I wanted to have, have multiple, um, uh, uh, what's the word? Uh, the, the, the one who's speaking and the one who's listening. I wanted to have multiple variations where those things would connect so that it wasn't, so there was no uh, need to know who it was who was speaking or who was listening, that it could, yeah. could apply to everybody, if that makes sense. It, it totally makes sense. And it's so, it's interesting. So let me, we, it was sung at church, I don't know, weeks ago, within the last few months. Mm -hmm. um, and of course, I've heard the song before, <laughs> but there was something, and it was one of those days where like, I'm happy I'm going to church. Everything's fine. It's not like I had something on my heart and mind at the time that I knew was like heavy in some way. But there was something about that morning where Ken Gale started singing, let me, and it, and it just hit me that there was some stuff that I was carrying that I didn't have to carry. You know, like sometimes I think as humans, we take things on right. that we can't even control anyway, but we yeah. just sort of carry them around as if we can. Right. And I just started crying, like with not with sadness, but it was just like, I get to release this now. Yeah. And just the invitation of let me, whatever, there's different right. lyrics. I just was like, great. <laughs> I will let you like, and it's it's powerful that music can do that, but it only does that when somebody like you creates it that way. When, wow. when the lyrics have the meaning and they have the depth, um, because I think you're right, you know, in new thought churches, sometimes it's like, well, let's just find a pop song that's inspiring because we don't want to be too dogmatic. And right. oh my gosh, just, the invitation to healing that is in some of your songs is so powerful. And sometimes there are times when like, I'm not in a, in a place where I necessarily need it or, or resonate with the message that day, but I can feel somebody else in the audience having a moment. Yeah. And then because I understand it so well, because the, the songs are so, um timeless that it's it's like i can just hold space for like what that experience is oh i feel Thank like you. each of these songs is like an archetype in my ongoing spiritual relationship um what was the other song i was going to bring up let me was one of them uh, your song i am loved which we often use at church as like leading into the meditation mm -hmm. Um, I love to sing that song at nighttime and my kids don't let me sing at nighttime anymore. They let that lasted for like two weeks, but I sing it in my mind. Okay. Um, it's, it's, it just feels like truth. It, you know, like it's, it's not like 
you uncovered some great mystery. All you're doing is telling me the truth of what I already know to be my experience, but nobody right. else has put it into words that way. Right, right. And it's so helpful to repeat that for myself. And it, in in that case where um, this road will lead me home, it just bring it centers me. It brings me. It calms me. It. That's one of the archetype songs of like, come back to the spiritual perspective, mm -hmm. you know, come yeah. back to peace, come back to the spiritual perspective. Right. Um, just holy cow. Well, thank you. Well, yeah. I think that, that uh, the word archetype is probably, I, I guess that would be, if you look at all the facets that make up that, that, collection of songs I, I think that's probably a good word to use i don't know if i was thinking along the lines but hearing you say it makes yeah makes perfect yeah. sense and and really the, the, for me that the the test uh that those songs before it went out to for anybody to listen to it had to work for me you know so i think like yeah. like no cheesiness i mean it was like very very careful to to to, to, to manage that you know, as, as just as an artist, so that's where like the you know your brain comes into it, and you're like, okay, well, the rhyme scheme or the the moment when this word hit, happens and this melody, those those things are they 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 come into play. So there is thought and and all that, of course, that goes into the, the architecture. But at one point when it's over, you're like, okay, this is done, and I would play it, you know, and then check it the next day. So it have a few days where it has to like hit the spot right away, and then I'm like, okay, well. Maybe somebody else will like it. That's really yeah. that's really where it goes. Because it's like it had to, yeah. you know, kind of come from from uh, both artistically and spiritually, and you know, and then checking the boxes of, um, you know, the, the the standards by which I would judge music. You know, uh, evaluate music and say, okay, that's 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 quality. That's that's hitting the mark. That's that's emotional. Uh, it's it's moving directionally in, in, in the right place. So those are subjective, but I think I'm able to sit, sit back and say there are objective, you know, good, bad, that works, that doesn't, you know, you gotta kind of go through that as part of it. Yeah, and I, you know, it's interesting because you were saying like, it can't be cheesy. I'm thinking about the When Your Love Shines Through Me song. I could see how that like, that could easily have gone cheesy. Um, but it 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 doesn't because there's just so much truth there. I could see how somebody that maybe maybe with less with a different spiritual background or with less spiritual grounding might feel it as cheesy. Whereas to me, I always feel like this is the invitation to step into this affirmation. Sure, sure. And most of the time, I want to step into it with such joy, and I want to step into it with. Yeah. Um, intention, like, yes, I'm going to embody yeah. this truth, yeah. you know? Um, and it's, it's that, that song is so, like I said earlier, it's so joyous and positive that there have been only one or two times since 2007, there have only been one or two times when I've heard that song that I've just been like, no, I can't listen. I, I don't buy it. Like, like, it's like, I'm too... I'm too convinced of my own suffering right now to let that into my stratosphere, you know? Um, 
but it was also my clue at the time of like, oh, Amy, you have some, you have some work to do. Uh, well, you know, uh, I think that's that's. Um, I, I did try to write. I mean, I think any good song, any, any song that I didn't write that I still love, there's a timeless nature to it. Whether it's an old rock tune from yeah. the, the '70s or, or you know a, an old standard from '30s or '40s, 1930s or '40s. Um, so you know, I, I, I. I that was part of the, the the process was was trying to make something that was timeless in in terms of the message you know a song like that yes it could it i think it's easy to write it's easier to write slower songs to be impactful okay because then you just like you just get into that mode now i was thinking the audience for this is unity church new thought people yeah. so it, was, it wasn't like i was even trying to go outside a particular audience but an up-tempo song like that one so a lot of what helps that work is, you know, uh, uh, the the groove and the underlying beat and the, the style, which creates uh, an underlying more kind of subconscious effect. Okay, so you're you're feeling it and you're grooving along with it, and that lays the groundwork. And then now you're open for the the words, you know. So I know that the words and music have to go together. It's all that, and it could have been something else. It could have been a different groove or a different style. And I worked with uh, Alan Lett at that time, who produced the, the music. So my job was always just I want the the song to stand on its own if you were just playing piano and singing or playing guitar and singing. Um, and then I'll give him some direction like, hey, I need it to be, let, let, let's get it to, to this this thing and he'd work his magic and I'd come back the next day and really nine times out of 10, I was like, that's awesome. Let's go with it, you know? Um, so yeah. there's that component of the, the music part of it before and with the lyrics helps to to create a, an energy that allows a listener to to, to take it in. So those things go together. So I'm curious, I'm going to use a, a metaphor that's usually used for women. <laughs> but when we talk about creative projects, we we usually put it in the paradigm of like giving birth, mm -hmm. like that we birth yeah. a creative project. So I'm I'm curious for you, did that for me, when I think about giving birth, like it's joyous, there's spiritual connection, but there's also contractions. It's also messy. Um, I'm curious, what was your experience, your creative experience? And did you feel, my assumption is that because you were writing songs of a spiritual nature, that you, that you felt more intimate with your spirituality at the time of this, or did it, yeah. or were you, perhaps was it frustrating? Like, I'm just curious how that, what was your creative process like? It's probably all those things. You know, it starts out with, with a little bit of an idea, you know, be brushing my teeth and be like, oh, that would be cool to write a song about it. Okay, so you get this little idea, jot it down. And then, you know, my process, I know people who write songs, like they'll sit down and come up with just brilliant lyrics in half an hour. So it is not like that for me. So I have the idea. And I would just start generating thoughts that go with the idea. And then maybe at some point there's enough words sitting there. Then I might start thinking of a melody for one of the lines at the line. So it's a process and then this could go on for days. Um, and sometimes I would sit down, hey, I got this great idea. This line sounds really cool. It would be the title of this, the, the, the course line or the, the you know, try to write I would typically try to write my choruses first the part that you know comes around over and over again um, so I'd massage that into place I might sit down at the piano start working a melody and, and then some chords I'm like oh this is a good vibe this is, this seems cool and then 
that would inform how everything else, but it's a process. So the, like the, the birth is, there's, there's the, the, the seed, the, you know, like the, and then there's a gestation period and that could be like a week. It could be like two yeah. weeks. And then there's like this, ah, oh, there's that one line that's just not coming together yet. And then that may work out or like that line needs to be fixed. And then with that affects some other things that were above it and I need to work out. So it's a process. I would say on average, you know, maybe a week or so until it's like, okay, this is sitting somewhere, but the, there's thinking about it all the time. So, you know, I'd be sitting, sitting down actively writing, but then I might be driving somewhere like uh, trying to work that one section. It's not there yet. It's not there just over and over in my head. And then, Oh, that's the word. Sometimes it's, 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 you know, looking for a, a, a rhyme. Okay. If there's a rhyme scheme yeah. set up and I might go to the, you know, rhyming dictionary and like, Oh, Oh, I haven't had thought of that word, or that's a better word. And I need to replace the one that I had. <laughs> so it's it's the craft part of it, uh, and the inspirational part of it is all working together. But I would say heavy on the inspiration at the beginning. Then there's craft. You know, mm. you are maintaining your health, <laughs> eating, taking your uh, you know your prenatal vitamin, <laughs> and then just like keeping the the craft of it in line moments of inspiration would come in and then at one point it's like i think it's done and then let it sit for a couple days and if it's still done in three days or four days then it's probably it's all you can do do you consider yourself a spiritual teacher um i mean i shouldn't have asked a yes or no question no no uh it depends i mean you know, I, I find myself in, you know, uh, I have a 17 year old daughter who I try to impart some lessons to. <laughs> You'll see when your daughters are 17, <laughs> they may not want to hear those lessons. But, uh, <laughs> um, so, but I do, I mean, in that, in that regard, not, not, not where I'm sitting up in front of a room, uh, you know, on a chair, parting knowledge or anything, but, but I like to think that it's by example or that if, if, if I, if somebody hears a song and they get something out of it, um, then I would say that a lesson that I have learned has been shared by somebody else. You know, I'm not administering that lesson in terms of, of uh, here's a great idea. You should check this out. Or this will, this helped me. This will help you. It's more like you listen to this and, and, and it may, it may get you to the place where I was when it came to me or it may get you somewhere else. So it's, so it's a little more open-ended than uh, I would say direct transmission type of teaching, you know, in my, in my literal piano teaching world, um, oftentimes in, in the process of teaching detailed musical thoughts, there's a, a window of uh, uh, spirituality that comes in there in terms of, teaching someone to be open to their own creativity, because that's a lot of what I teach is it's trying to teach people to be creative and mm. helping them get out of their own way, which is a very lofty and vague, abstract concept. But it's totally true. <laughs> and so you have to kind of teach someone to trust themselves, to be like, okay, well, Gary said to do this, but I don't know how to do it. And okay, I might point them in a direction. So. I would say answer your question indirectly so. I've noticed that in the New Thought movement that there's lots of singing ministers. 
both at our church and in other churches. And so I, I think that there is, and, and I had nine months in choir, but prior to my nine months in choir, I was a dancer for a long time. So I think that there's naturally for a lot of people, a very symbiotic relationship between spirituality and art, you know? Yeah. And so for me, selfishly, I listen to your album and I think, is there a blog? Is there another album? Like, where can I get some more, you know, and no pressure. I, I just, I, I find it interesting that, that you have this album that in, in many significant, but undefinable ways has helped me change my life in small moments where I was able to shift something or release something or heal something, this album has fostered me in that. And so, but normally I just see you, like you come on stage and you play and then you leave. And so I'm like, well, what, what else is going on there? <laughs> you know, there's probably this well of knowledge that we're all missing out on, I feel like. Well, I'm just a regular dude who happens to write songs. I mean, it's, it's, in that, in that, in that, that album. And it's, it's, if, if I'm backing up a step, if, if, if you have that experience from listening to that music, then that's more than I could have asked for by mm-hmm. that. Cause it really, what I was trying to do was I wanted to, to put into words and music, these ideas that don't necessarily match up with music. You know, it, it's, it's hard mm-hmm. to, to put those you know, affirmations and, um, and I didn't want to say affirmations. So I, I needed to use metaphor and I needed to, to, to dig a little deeper in terms of, of lyrics and, and, I knew I had the music part of it under control, but to match the music with, with those ideas. So my objective was, was very small. I wanted to say the things I wanted to say that, that came through me and, and, and into me, and then I could listen back to it, and it would still be like, like the circular effect. And then if anybody else got anything out of it, that, that's a bonus. So I appreciate that. But I feel like I've said, and I have written songs since then, but I think that, that collection for me is like I said everything I need to say about it. Cause Otherwise, I'm gonna start being redundant. Yeah, you know, I'm like, I can you know, can that. you say the same thing? Or, well, yes, you could, but then I, I would feel redundant. So that's why I'm I'm not the most prolific songwriter. I I, I push myself to write those songs, uh, and, and and in a good way. It was a good push. Um, yeah. And then the music I've written since then, it's it there were there are some peripheral topics that maybe with more specificity were addressed. You know, uh, so there's a handful of songs that that. Um, uh, Kenneth sung, I mean, Michael sung a few, and when Alan was there, you know, like like something about gratitude or things. Okay, well, I didn't cover that, but um, it was it, it's worth a little uh, some more specificity in terms of the writing. But you know, when I'm coming, when I'm on stage on Sunday morning, you know, I'm waking up and going to my church job, dealing with all the the various you know yeah. traffic. Or, <laughs> And the people on the stage and, you know, then someone's not prepared or, you know, I forgot something. I mean, it's just like, it's, you know, it's, it's work and it's a job, which it's I love work. to do, but yeah. yeah, but it's like, it's not like it's, I'm not, you know, it's, it's in the grand scheme of things, it's easy work. And then I'm grateful that, that, uh, I have a skill set, uh, and, uh, uh, a, uh, aptitude for working with other people that allows me to, uh, you know, do this for a living. 
either it's teaching music, playing music, writing music, working with other people. So, uh, but while I'm there, yes, I have a task at hand. <laughs> and if it's, there are moments, there are, there are weeks when it's, it's all task and we're just trying to get through it. And then there are task moments or days when it's just like, it feels really good and it's gelling. And it's, mm-hmm. it's one of those moments where just everything feels great. You know, and we're just like, okay, that happened. And it's weird because, you know, we all get off stage. And musicians rarely ever say anything to, to each other after, you know. It's just like we get off, we're like, we smile, and we all go off on our, you know, yeah. everyone's on maybe a high five, or that felt good. But there's not a, there's not a, there's not a, uh, a debrief or a, uh, you know, post-game film. Right. <laughs> film. It's, it's, it's like, <laughs> if it's great, we're like, uh-huh, that's it. Well, eye contact, maybe, and we all go off. Or if it was horrible, we're like, eh. You better neck time. So there's there is a a uh, an aspect to that that is just about the details of what happened. But then within that, there could be a moment of like that was awesome. And then the day's over, and I go home, and I you know go grocery shopping or whatever. I need. <laughs> yeah, that deep. <laughs> back to the back to humanity. Yep, yep. Well, I have to say I hadn't because again I don't know you that well at all. And I wanted to do, you know, some research leading into this. So when I reached out to you months ago about doing an interview, I was like, I need to really make sure I even understand, you know, did he really write that whole album? And so on, I found you on Spotify and found your Heart First album, which I did not know existed until a few moments ago. Heart First or Heart Rising? I wrote Heart Heart First. First. Yeah. Okay. And and then in preparing for this, I've been, you know, listening to the Be Revealed album and you have a song, Live On In Me, that had never really hit my radar. And then I was like, this is kind of a mediumship song. <laughs> and I'm, I have literally thought to myself, I need to write a song for people about what happens with their loved ones. Because I I personally, growing up in Unity Church and New Thought, I have a very palatable definition of death, you know? Um, whereas people that have come to me for mediumship, the amount of burden and devastation that they have, a lot of times to me is rooted in what their ideas are about death and the afterlife. Mm -hmm. And I always wish that there was like something I could give them aside from whatever is going to come through me in the reading, something that I could give them to hold on to or to like, and I know there's books and stuff out there, but I was, it didn't hit me just this week. I was listening to the album and I was listening to live on in me. And I was like, this is, is, he already wrote it. Like, (laughs) It's well, that, already done. <laughs> I should, to be perfectly honest with you, that that's the one song that I did not write the lyrics to. I wrote the music to it. And then uh, okay. a friend of mine, a high school friend of mine, uh, who's credited on, on, on the album, uh, Dean is his name. Uh, when I was living in Chicago, uh, uh, we, we reunited after I'd been living in, I lived in Miami for like eight to 10 years. And when I moved back to Chicago, we, we uh, linked back up and, we're writing a number of songs together, pop songs. And I, and that was yeah. a song where, so I would write the music and then I'd give him the cassette back in those days. So ancient uh-huh. days. 
and then we'd get together in a few days and he'd be like, here are the lyrics I came up with. Okay. So, so I had written that whole thing on piano and then, and he, wow. he wrote these lyrics to it and he said, here's the idea. So, you know, he had, a, he had a visual in his head of, of a woman sitting on the beach who's, who's. Um, son was, and he had, it wasn't even, he had died. He was just in another country and was never going to come. It was like, so he had, he had, I think that's how it went. So he had a vision in his head of how the, the it would look as if it was in a musical or something. Mm-hmm. Um, so I held on to that because I knew that that song had a deeper message than just, you know, uh, a pop song that uh, was part of the other songs that we were writing. So, so I have to give yeah. credit to uh, my, my friend Dean for that. So. Yeah, please yeah. let him know. Absolutely. I felt like it was when we were talking earlier about your song, Let Me, and you were saying like, mm-hmm. this could be a parent, this could be source. I feel like it was the same thing with mm-hmm. Live On and Me. It's like, yes. it's not necessarily about a loved one that passes right. on, but it totally could be. Yeah, yeah. You yeah. know? Yes. Um, yeah. It's, yeah, it's just, it's beautiful. And I'm so glad that, you know, because I just go to, I'm a creature of habit. Mm-hmm. Um. And so I just go to the same four or five songs all the time. But in, in preparing for this, I was like, oh, I'm going to listen to his piano music. I'm going to make sure I listen to the whole album. And so when I heard Live On In Me, I was like, get out of town. Like, <laughs> how did this not hit my radar before? Yeah. Um, and it is, I there's, there's a lyric in there, and I didn't write it down, but there's a lyric in there about like, I close my eyes and then, and then I feel you or then you're with me or something um, that is from a spiritual perspective. It's like, yes, that could be just somebody that we're thinking of. That could be right. a loved one. That could be an angel. Like that could be so many things, but it's so, it's just helpful to have that reminder. Yeah. And the thing, here's the other thing I really like about this album. It's just that the music is good, you know? Like there's a lot of good music out there in the world. And then there's a lot of really meaningful lyrics out there in the world. And sometimes those two things don't coexist. <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah, but, yeah. but this album is just, it's enjoyable to listen to on top of being so meaningful. Well, you know, you. We, we were going for quality <laughs> all, all, yeah, on all I aspects. And I, I do give a lot of credit to, I mean, Alan let, you know, he, he did create, he created the sound that you hear, you know, the, the, the choice of the instruments and, you know, I mean, the, the the production and what you hear is as the soundscape and the, all that 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 was really Alan putting that together. You know, it was yeah. really great. So I went in there with you know piano and lyrics, and Ken would sing, and then Alan would build the production around it, and then Ken would sometimes come back and uh, re-sing some things. But um, as I recall, Ken did a lot of first and second takes, so he, he nailed a lot of it right off the bat. So. <laughs> <laughs> That's that is another question I have for you, real quick, because I know mm-hmm. we're going to wrap up soon. But with artists, do you ever get inspired by an artist's voice? Like, do you ever like, like at Unity Houston, we have Julie Laskowski, we have um, Siobhan Jacobs, Tony Glover, Boris Britt. Like, do you ever hear some of their voices in your mind and think, oh, like there might be a, a mess? You know? Sure, How does sure. That work for you. Sorry. Um, with um, you know, with with with, I, I try to write the songs so that. Anybody could play it, or anybody, anybody could sing it. It could be yeah. on piano or guitar. So I always start with that. It's got to be good first. It's got to have meet meet all the standards and pass the tests. Um, uh, but once I started working with Ken, and and you know he's he's got an operatic voice, so so a lot of that he's you know, freaking that, incredible, right, right? So 
it's a weird yeah. match anyway with 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 operatic voice on top of like this pop music and it kind of became its own thing because uh -huh. we were just doing it um so right. it kind of became a thing that i i had not 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 planned uh on in advance it just turned into that um so so once that 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 when that cd was all, all finished up and i had written more songs after that then i was thinking okay well yeah I can imagine Ken seeing it. And then it did inform how I was thinking about writing it. Uh, so then I had to kind of uh, separate that and think, okay, this is how Ken would sound because I could hear it in my head. I'm singing on this. But what if there was a woman singing, or what if somebody was younger was singing it? So, so it, I still put it through that filter of will it work in all situations? So you know, yeah, yeah. Ken Gale is just out of this world. I mean literally like i'm like are you an alien dude like <laughs> this is too good yeah he's so great yeah um what was the other thing i guess that answered that question um okay let me ask you a, a just a behind the scenes artist question because there's a lot of people that listen to the podcast that are not in houston and do not have the luxury of hearing any of this live on a sunday mm -hmm. Um, as an artist, where do you get the most benefit if somebody buys it on iTunes, if they listen on Spotify, should they go to, do you have a website? Like, where do you get the most benefit from this? I know Ken is the, on Spotify, it's under Ken's name, but. Yeah, I, I, I mean, it's, it's the, the benefit, if you're speaking financially is so minimal at this point. Uh, so <laughs> wherever anybody could find it, I don't have a website. I'm like, I'm not even on social media. So I'm like, you know, yeah. <laughs> off the grid mostly, but if it's, uh, uh, wherever it can be found, I think it originally was, uh, had it on, um, Amazon, Apple music and, um, CD baby, which existed back in the day. But I think Spotify, um, uh, is probably the yeah. best place to get it. Um, yeah. And, or they can buy buy hard copies of the CD in the Unity Bookstore. Or they could order from there. Uh, but yeah, that's. Yeah. I wish I had a better answer for you, but it's so long ago, you know. It, it, you yeah. Know, that, that if, well, anyway, no, the truth that, is the anyway, truth, and I just I like to ask because for people that are sure. Yeah, for people that aren't in music, it's like we don't we don't know, you know, yeah, if it makes yeah. a significant difference or not. Sure. Um. Well, is there anything else that you would like to share either about your music or about the creative process? Just anything else that I didn't ask that you wish I had asked? I think we've, we've covered quite a bit. I mean, you know, the creative process yeah. is, is, is always, uh, anytime I create or uh, uh, it's, it's going well, it's always a, a reminder that that's how it happened, not from forcing it. So if that's, if, you know, if, and then that's the same thing I would tell anybody who's trying to be creative, um, that you have to have a skill set and you're building that skill set all the time, but that, that you have to take chances creatively, try something, which is a large part of being creative is trying something. And if it doesn't work, then pivot and go somewhere else. Uh, so I, I would say that, you know, if I would have, talk about creative process it's, it's a balance of taking those chances and being open to something coming in that you did not expect 
Yeah. You can't mm. always calculate. You can't always make that. You can't always say, okay, now I'm open. Where is it? Okay, so it's not like that. So it's, it's just, that's exactly you know, you what I do. <laughs> like, hello. So it's just, it's, 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 you kind of put yourself in the zone. Sometimes you find yourself in the zone and you least expect it. And that's, I would say more often than not, that's how it works for me. So it's mm-hmm. being available and trying to create situations where you're available. Yeah. That's a, such a helpful reminder and a lovely note to end the podcast on. And I just want to say thank you again. I know it's been so long, but the, I truly feel like you created, I don't know if archetypes or perspectives or reminders, but the, your songs are like characters in my world that pop in when I need them. And I, I, I wish I was talented enough to sing them. I wish I was talented enough to write them, but I will appreciate, (laughs) I will appreciate what I can get from them nonetheless. So thank you. It's so kind Um, of you. I appreciate it. Thank you so much, Gary. I really appreciate it. My pleasure. All right. right. You have a good one. All right. Bye.